Hello, and welcome to the Revealing Truth Ministries Wesley Chapel Podcast. I'm Pastor Benjamin Smith, and I would like to invite you to come along with me on a journey. A journey through the Word of God where we will discover the truth that will change and enrich your life for the better. So what do you say? Will you join me on this journey? Yeah? Fantastic. Let's get started. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we never take this opportunity for granted that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the word today that they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but our prayer is that they can use this word and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, let's say our Bible confession. We always want to say that Bible confession before we confession before we get into the word. It's called This is My Bible, and it's called that for a reason. That word my is very important. It's possessive. It's not just the Bible, it's not just a Bible, it is my Bible. Ready? Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable, it is the truth, it is divine, it is the word of God, and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, family, I'm going to start off real quick today. I'm going to give you two quick Smith stories. I haven't given you a Smith story in a while. My first Smith story, though, was about how sometimes you got to use the love of God to control yourself. This, this is about me. Took my wife out, took my wife out for dinner. We went out for dinner on February the 20th. That's very important. That's our date, date year. That's the date when she said, you be my boo. I say, you be my boo. And so when we count, we count marriage anniversary time. But then before that, there's five years that the, the boo start time. So we, people celebrate February 14th. We feb celebrate that too, but February 20th, that's, that's our date. We go out, we're there for dinner, and here's, here's, here's when it comes to control yourself. The, it happened to be a, a waitress comes, and very nice and pleasant at first. And we kind of have a mix-up on what they bring me. No, ma'am, I didn't order this. She says, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't order it, because on the plate was something I know I don't like. Yes. And, but you know, you try to say, okay, it's noise in the restaurant, maybe, I don't know. But here's the part that really almost pulled me in. Because as her responses got short and nippy, I felt my responses getting short. But then, you know, the, 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 the logic in me say, first of all, she in the back with my food and I don't see nothing. But besides that, it's also just in my spirit, it felt like, you are about to get out of character. And so I had to rein myself in. Now, what, what made that so hard? Because even though I reined myself in, I could tell 
her communication was a little different for the rest of the night. I could tell that she was like not happy. And it was more out of, I'm going to serve you out of obligation. All the, the niceties kind of left the building. I tell you that to say, in your day-to-day ordinary life, things can happen. They're not necessarily the big things that can get you out of character. But it's the little hooks and the little seeds that get sprinkled into your life that if you're not paying attention to the little things, you could end up getting out of character and feeling bad because I don't, I didn't want to yell at her or have people looking at, look at that guy. I, I didn't want that, but if I hadn't got control of myself, the night I wanted to have my wife would have gotten spoiled. Yeah. And I would have, as my mom said, showed my behind <laughs> over something that's really not that important. All right. Now, the other Smith story, this is about me and my daughter. We're, we, we come in. We have church one Sunday. After church, we're getting, my daughter was the one sitting right here, by the way. It, she, we, we say, we're done. Let's go. My daughter is still working on something in, in the ministry, and she says, well, Daddy, if you guys, when she says get something to eat, she says sustenance. So if you guys are going to go get sustenance, where are you going? Because I want to go. I'm standing right there in the back by the sound booth. I say to her, me going out to get something ain't got nothing to do with you. (laughs) Or something like that. But she's quick. She's quick. Ain't got nothing to do with you. She fires back at me. All right, now, remember which one of your children going to take care of you. I said, baby, I'm going to let you know exactly where we go. She said, thank you, daddy. (laughs) Later, I told her, well played. Well played. Remember, daddy, which one of your children is going to take care of you? Mm. That was worth whatever she ate. And I, I remember that. I remember that. Okay, family. Let's get started. Your first image. All things you've seen before, but let's rattle through this very quickly. We're still on our march through our vision, and that vision has three categories. The categories are restore, re-engage, and rebuild. We've already checked off the first two. And we were on our way to rebuild Starting off there, God said to me, there are three viewpoints that I need to share with you and make sure that you acknowledge them and take on as your own. What were those two viewpoints? Because we didn't get to the third, but hold that thought. The first viewpoint is this. When God rebuilds us, you and I are rebuilt to do. Nobody is rebuilt to do nothing. The second viewpoint God will start rebuilding the moment you allow his light in. Any day can be a New Year's day. That's not the holiday. That's a day, the moment you make a decision that, you know what? I'm not going to have a year like I had last year. 
Starting at this point, all my years are going to be new. I was on my way taking a beeline to get us to the third viewpoint, and then God put a mountain in my path, a mountain. And him putting the mountain in my path, given that I'm your guide, means that the mountain now is in your path too. And it's a mountain mountain, too wide to go around, too high to cross over, too ditz to bore through. It looks like this, look. We're on the road to rebuild, and God puts a mountain in our path. What is that mountain? That mountain represents the emotional blockages and the mental blockages in the hearts and the minds of adults who are on the road to being rebuilt. Something has happened in life. You've come through something in life. You know you need to be rebuilt. You're giving your life to God, asking God to rebuild you. But now, before we get there, God has put a mountain in our path because sometimes, I will even go as far as say many times, most of the times, when those blockages exist, the people don't even know that the obstruction is there. And they don't know that the obstruction is hindering their progress. They want to become something new. They want to become reborn. They want to become rebuilt. But there is a blockage. Pastor, how can you not see a mountain? It's simple. Although the mountain, the substance of it is very real, it's invisible to the naked eye. You can't really see it. But God loves us enough to show me this image. And in showing me this image, go back to, yeah, in showing me this image, one of the things that we had to wrestle with, okay, God, now that you've shown it to me, I can't get around it. I can't get over it. I can't go through it. What we, what we going to do? God said, you need to move it. I said, well, that's good that we need to move it, but how do I do that? You can move it. You can get it out of the way. You can make that mountain slide to the side if you're bold enough to speak two words. I said, well, what are those words? Because yes, I am. And he gave us the first word. Here it is. The first word we're speaking to that mountain is this. God said, first inform the people that the process of rebuilding includes rebuilding the children or the youth too. Many times as adults, we kind of lose the fact that life happens to everybody. Not just a person who's over 18, not just a person who's in their 30s, not just a person who's in their 60s. Life happens to everybody. Life don't care your age. And if rebuilding is what we're going to do, we must factor our children into the equation. Family, our children need our attention. The key words there, outside of children, of course, being our. We must step aside or put to the side the idea 
that somehow we put the requirement of tending to our children on other people. For the years that Greta and I did youth ministry, one of the most painful discussions I would have is a parent giving me grief about things their child does. And my loving response is, that child spends more time with you than that child does with me. I know what I'm putting in them. I I could probably pull teachers from the audience that can tell you there are times the parent gives them grief because the child or the parent cutting the fool in class. Now, who do you think has more influence on the child? Our children need our attention. Yes, it's good that they get help from somebody else. It's good that, hey, ooh, 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 get this. It's good that you give help to somebody else's child. But your own children need you too. Take it to the footprint of, of, of the ministry. It's okay that you help out there. But guess what? The children in the house are your children too. Our children need our attention. They deserve our attention. They are worthy of our attention. To do what? To lead them, to guide them, to direct them, to train them. Why do we do that? It's all strategic. We want to put the wisdom of God on the inside to keep the devil from getting his plan in motion. What's his plan? His plan is to get his tentacles into the next generation. His plan is to get a stronghold in the future. We want to spoil that plan. The Bible has already told us what he's all about. He's a thief. He comes to do one thing, to steal, to kill, and to destroy And he don't care if he kills an 80-year-old or a 10-year-old. He doesn't care if he gets his hands on a 50-year-old or a 12-year-old. As a matter of fact, getting his hands on a 10-year-old has more value to him because he can get a foothold into your tomorrows. Not that him getting a a grip on anybody is good. But we want to spoil his plan by putting the wisdom of God on the inside of our children and early. From the cradle, we want to get the word in them. We want to spoil that plan. He's only coming to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants our children. The Bible already told us what? He walks around, he creeps around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can seize and pounce on and devour. We want to spoil that plan. We want the wisdom of God on the inside of them. Our children need us to be able to instill that in them. When we put that in them, the devil hates that. We want him 
to run up on, if he chooses to run up on, our children and figure out, oh, they're a young believer, but they got power. They might be young, but they know who and whose they are in Christ. They might be young, but they know how to be led by the Spirit. They may be young, but they have godly values, and they're going to stick to them. It happens because we put the wisdom of God on the inside of them. Oh, he comes up to them, but he finds out, oh, they're young, but this believer right here knows their worth, knows their value. When you take a young woman and you instill the wisdom of God in her and you let her know that she's precious life and you know, let her know that she's valuable, she don't just put her pearls before swine. Oh, he may come, but she has enough pride in herself to tell him, no, you don't fit what God has instilled in me. You don't fit. My spirit don't have peace when we're around. Listen to this. I don't even care what you say or how you present yourself. There is something about you that just doesn't fit right with me. When you put the wisdom of God, God on the inside of him, he doesn't just arbitrarily, just flippantly fall for her or fall for the games. Or even if he gets with that crowd, he don't feel comfortable in that crowd. Because you put something on the inside of him. When the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, finds a young people, a young person who knows who they are, who knows their worth, and they don't just walk around the earth spiritually naked. No, they're covered in the full armor of God. Helmet of salvation, on. The belt of truth, on. Breastplate of righteousness, on. Sword of the spirit in hand and know how to use it. Amen. Shield of faith, never leave home without it. Feet locked into the good news. Willing to pray for the saints. Yes. At a young age, you haven't really experienced God in the right way if you haven't had a headache and had a five-year-old put their hands on you and let you know that God is going to make it okay. There is something to be said. I remember there were times when I was at my own house around my own table talking to my own family and I'm telling them what's going on and my own children, daddy, God is going to make this thing happen. And I'm supposed to know more. That's right. But a spirit's got no age. Oh, oh, that's right. And once you connect the spirit with God, ain't no telling what God can do. But that spirit that we put in them starts right here. It starts right now. Young people. Knowing who they are, not walking this earth spiritually naked, willing to pray. As it says in Daniel, young people who know their God and are willing, ready, and able to do great exploits 
for the kingdom. Our children need our attention, and it's strategic. And we get that way by us adults rolling up our sleeves and doing our part. No adult on the sideline. All involved. They need our attention. They deserve our attention. We have to factor them in. What you say? Now, Pastor, I don't want you to be asking me to do youth ministry. I can't do that. Don't ask me to be a chaperone. Can't do it. Any activity having to do with young people, with kids, with, with children, I'm a no. I'm a no. If it has to do with a child, no. No. That's the truth, Pastor. I'm telling you right. No, no, no. 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 Kid label, I ain't able. About a child, I'm, I'm away for a mile. The truth is, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it is, is, is one of the, the lines that somebody will give you when you even bring up the subject of children or kids. You don't even get, you don't even get the word out. A chip, no. <laughs> I'm just talking about the kid, no. It's just the youth, no. There are several things that people say, and they're just one-liners. Here they go. I just, here's, here's three of them. I can't do it. Children, that's not my thing. Kids don't like me. Now, we're going to say those together. And the exclamation point, I want you to give me some oomph. I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Children. <laughs> See, you got to put a huh. You got to put that, 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 that. That's how you say that. Children. <laughs> And if I really was saying it right, it would say, that ain't my thing. But I'm trying to at least put some kind of good grandma in there. <laughs> and then the other one is just, as a matter of fact, kids don't like me. All right, ready? Let's go. Go, go. Mm, y'all said that like y'all have said that before. Do the long one at the bottom, go. That ain't your thing. It ain't my thing. I just can't do it. Okay. The last one, go. Kids don't like me. They just don't like me. Kids just don't like me. Now, let me tell you something. And when I hear these type statements, and this is just a smattering of them, I, I'm going to just go right at it and say, for the vast majority of the people out there in the world that you see statements, I disagree. 
for the vast majority of people, I'm not saying there's not a small, we will, we will leave, uh, as Jesus said, a, a, a grain of a mustard seed percentage out there of people just in case we don't know for, for truth. But I believe that when people say, I can't do it, kids don't like me, children, that's not my thing, for the vast majority of the people, the lion's share of people, I disagree. You can do it if you want to. You can do it if you really, really give it a try. Children can be more of your thing if you want it to be. Children could be more of your thing if you're really ready to try or willing to try. And you stop me right there and you say, but pastor, I already told you, it's not my thing. Besides, kids don't like me. All of that, I can't do it. It's not my thing. Kids don't like me. That's just a poor excuse. That's just a poor excuse for not wanting to do it. You can't just throw in my face, kids don't like me. Because I tell you what, more than likely, ladies, the man that you with didn't like you at first. But you wanted him to. And so you were willing to try. You, you were not his cup of tea. You were not his thing, but you were willing to try. You were willing to get out of your comfort zone. You were willing to step, step out and, and stretch your finances. You were, you were, you were willing to, to, to stay up late at night planning how you could possibly get him to notice you. By the way, that's called homework. Oh, yeah, when you wanted him to re recognize you, you did your homework. These days they call it cyber stalking. You found every type of social media that he had. You figured out what he do during the day. You don't never be in the park in the middle of the day. But you know he jogged. You know he jogged there. And now you sitting there, then spritz yourself up like you've been running because you wanted him to like you. And you act like you just so happened to bump into, oh, hey, how you doing? I didn't know. You, you're stalking because you wanted him to like you. And guess what? He didn't like you at first, but you wanted him to. Yeah. Fella, she ain't like you at first. She ain't like you at first. You weren't her thing. She didn't like you, but you wanted her to. And because you wanted her to, what did you do? You stepped out of your box. You began to do stuff you don't never do. You started smelling good. You ain't smelt good since you was in your mama house and she made you take a bath. 
but she didn't like you, and you wanted her to. So you begin to get your hair cut, got your beard trimmed, begin to dress better. Doggone it, you begin to eat better. Begin to go see movies that you know you don't like. You did everything in your power to get her to like you, even though she didn't like you, you were committed to it. She knew when she looked at you, you weren't her thing, but you were going to change her mind. And you did it because you wanted to. Oh, yeah. That boss that promoted you, that boss didn't like you at first. But you wanted that promotion. You wanted him to. You wanted her to. And so what did you do? You tried. You tried. You rolled up your sleeves, and you got it done. That fraternity you joined, they didn't want you in there at first. They didn't like you. They didn't like your kind. Didn't like your skin color. Didn't like how you dressed. Didn't like where you came from. But you wanted to be in there, so what you did, you modified who you were to fit what you wanted. Don't tell me you can't do it. Tell me the truth. You don't want to do it. You can do it. It can be your thing if you want to. That sorority, them ladies ain't want you in there at first. Your family don't fit the mold. But now you got them same letters on your car because you made a commitment that you were going to get in there and you did. How did you do that? You tried. The business partner you got didn't like you at first. But you knew that that was a path you had to take. You wanted to get that thing to be a success. And you rolled up your sleeves and you got it done. You have evidence in your own life, in your own life, that things can turn out for the better if you just try. Amen. That you can start having good relationships with others if you just Try. You have as evidence in your own life that relational gaps can be bridged if you just try. If you just try. Pastor, you listening to me? I told you kids don't like me. As if everything I said just fell on deaf ears. Let me tell you another reality. Children are very astute. They may be young, but you have not seen a true evaluator until you've seen a child evaluate somebody. As they say, Call a spade a spade. Yeah. A child will look at you and call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you, if, you, if you just ain't right, a child will look at you and tell you you ain't right. <laughs> One third your size <laughs> will let you know you ain't right. Pastor, what's that all about? Well, you say kids don't like you. But let me tell you what's most likely the 
the, the, the truer case. It's not as much as kids don't like you as it is they're probably just returning to you the stank you sent into them. They know you don't like them. Bad energy. You're trying, to, you're trying to dress the part and smile, and they know in your heart you don't like them. And unlike adults that cover that crap up, a child going to give you that crap right back. A child ain't going to let you get away with it. Even if they cannot communicate it, their body language will say, you stay away from me because you don't love me, because you don't like me, because you don't want to be around me. And if you don't like me, I don't like you. Amen. If you don't want to be around me, I don't want to be around you. If you don't want to spend time with me, I don't want to spend time with you. And we push it off instead of looking at the child and saying, ooh, am I giving off that much stank? It's highly likely that kids don't like you because they realize you don't like them. That's a really good try, Pastor, but let me tell you this again. I do not want to be bothered with any kids. And that word right there, bothered, is the key to what gives substance to that mountain that we have to move. You see kids as a bother. And that is the wrong way to view a child. Children are not bothers. A child is a gift. A gift. Look at what the Bible says. Psalm 127, verse 3. In the easy to read, it says, children are a gift from who? From who? Children are a gift from the Lord, a reward from a mother's womb. The Message Bible. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb is his generous Legacy. Children are a gift from God. How do you choose to reject a gift and a gift that's from God? When God gives you a gift, you receive it. When God gives you a gift, you take care of it. When God gives you a gift, you watch over it. When God gives you a gift, you protect it. When God gives you a gift, you treat it like it's a gift from God. And they're not just any old gift. They're the best gift from God. Our children are not a bother. Our children are a gift. The Bible goes on to say this about God's gift. Look at this. James chapter 1, verse 17 in the King James Version. 
every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Hold on to that. We're coming back to that. Easy to read. Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky, but God never changes like the shadows from these lights. He is always the same. First of all, the children are a gift from God. And our God gives good gifts. God, who's the giver of good gifts, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's not a shadow that shifts. God is consistent. If God, who is consistent, only gives good gifts, and a child is a gift from God, then the child is a good gift, and you cannot, should not, better not, ought not be calling the gift God gave you anything but good. There are people who prayed for children, get them, and turn around and put their mouth on them when you prayed for that child. How can something that started off as a good gift from God now cause you to curse the very gift that you prayed for? Our children are gifts, and God gives good gifts. So we cannot continue to mislabel our children as bothers. They're not bothers. They're gifts. Our children are gifts. They're a gift from God. They should be treated as such. Your child comes home. You've had a hard day. Guess what? That child is most likely not the cause of your hard day. So why should they bear the brunt of your anger? Is that how you treat a gift? You come home from a hard day. All they want to do is show you what they made at school. All they want to do is ask you, one, can I have a snack? Can I have a minute? You see, I just walked in the house. Go somewhere and sit down. I'll be there in a minute. Give me some room. Give me some space. What you're communicating is get your love away from me. Get your affection away from me. The world is more important than you are. You're pushing them away. There is no purer love you're going to get than a love from a child. You won't get anything pure. You won't get anything better. When a child loves you, that love is what causes you to be able to discipline a child in one minute and have that same child hugging your neck the next minute. Amen. You have to treat them as the gifts that they are. And that's not just the children that spring from, quote, unquote, your loins. In this footprint, in this house, we have a family of children, and they're all gifts to us. 
we got to stop mislabeling our children as fathers. That's not right. They're gifts. Cut it out. There are still people, though, that are going to dogmatically hold on to that mantra. I don't want to be bothered with no kids. They're a bother. They just, no. Well, I'm going to try one more time to at least give you another nugget to think about. And I'm going to preface it with something that Paul said. Look at this. Talking to the Corinthians or writing to the Corinthians. This is out of the NIV Bible, 2 Corinthians. We're going to read chapter 12, 1 through 9. But this first verse, 1 through 5, is really just to make sure we get more context instead of jumping right in. But when we get to more verse 7, that's the one. Even if you're not very familiar with where we are right now, you're going to be like, oh, I know where we are. Here we go. Paul says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man, he's talking about himself, even though in the third person here, so Paul talking about Paul. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was in body or out of body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but, yeah, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weakness. Here we go. Verse 6, even if I should, if, even if I should, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a, be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surprisingly great revelations. Okay, here we go. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take take it away from me. But he said to me, let's read that bold part together. Let's go. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. That's right. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. That thorn in the flesh is referenced many different ways in other translations. It's called a, a splinter. It's called a prick. It's called a nagging nuisance. It's, it's called a, a, a candy cap. It's called a physical problem. Many different things. However, most of the time, people call it what, King, what this NIV says, a thorn in the flesh. Why do I read that? Why do I have us say that together? Because here's my last plea. To get anyone 
who's an adult to stop thinking of kids as a bother? The thought or the comment is this. Look at verse 9. And as you look at verse 9, hear these words. If God's grace is sufficient to deal with a thorn in the flesh or a torment from Satan, how much more sufficient is God's grace to deal with one of his good gifts? You say you can't do it. But yet you say you're full of the spirit. You say you can't do it. But yet you say you have the love of God on the inside. If God's grace is sufficient to deal with a thorn in the flesh, a splinter, a prick, a nuisance, a nag, a handicap, a physical problem. If God's grace is sufficient to deal with what Paul's going through, how much more sufficient should God's grace be when dealing with one of his good gifts? How much more sufficient is God's grace when dealing with a child? How much more sufficient is God's grace when dealing with our children? Adults say all the time that God has graced me to whatever. And most of the time that I hear, and I'm not, let me, let me pause. I can't see your heart. God knows your heart. But most of the time when I hear people say God has graced them, it is that God has graced them to do something great before people. God has graced me to do this mighty work. Do you know doing something mighty, if that's what you want to do, doing something great for God, if that's what you want to do, doing something great from, for God can be found in doing something for, for his littlest sheep. Three times he asked God to get this thorn out of my flesh, this torment from Satan. And God said, my grace is sufficient. And if God's grace is sufficient for that, his grace is more than efficient, sufficient for you to deal with youth. Having said all of that, You can do your part if you want to. It can become more of your thing to reach out and assist with youth if you want to, if you want it to be. In addition to this, many places in the Bible, the Bible references youth, children, offspring as a seed. Look at these examples. 
two from the book of Genesis, one from 2 Timothy, and one from Galatians. Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, this is all King James. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God's talking to Adam and Eve and the serpent. He says, and I will put enmity between thee, talking to the serpent, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Talking about the seed, the children, the offspring, the descendants here. Genesis chapter 9, verse 9. This is to Noah. And, and I behold, and behold, hold on. And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Once again, offspring, children, descendants. Galatians 3, chapter 3, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We get into the lineage of Abraham. In other words, we consider his offspring. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed or line or lineage of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. The Bible considers our children seed. And as an adult, when you think of our children as seed, that ought to capture your attention and excite you. Because a seed produces a crop. And what is a crop? You can look up all you want to do and study about crop. Let me give you a crop, a country boy's straightforward definition of a crop. A crop is the result of a seed maturing over time. When you get a crop, that seed has matured. And that ought to excite us because that means as we sow into our children, as we sow into the seed, we don't just influence the future, we establish it. And above all of that, nope, not above all of that, just as important as that, that very seed that's going to establish the future can improve who you are right now. It's not just what you're doing for them. That seed is anointed to also do something for you. But that's where we're going to pick up next time. I know we shouted those three things. What you can't do. What's not your thing. What, 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 what kids don't like you. And I'm not saying that was in your heart, but if it was, it's forming that mountain, a part of that substance. We got to clear that before we move towards rebuild. I'm going to ask you to say something. It's going to be the opposite of those statements. I'm going to tell you what it is because I don't want you just to say it on a whim. You know, I don't like to say just repeat after me because if you say it and then you didn't want to say it, now you didn't say it. 
That's a little secret on me. Sometimes if I don't care how big the crowd is, it may be a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand people. If you're watching me, when somebody say repeat after me, I'm listening first. Yeah, you, you same thing, right? Because I listen. My words got power. For youth, it said, I can't do it. I'm going to have you say, I can do it. For youth, it said, that's not my thing. I'm going to say, you're gonna, we're going to say, it can become more of my thing. Okay, I'm not saying you need to be Mr. or Mrs. Super Youth Person. He said, kids don't like me. We're going to say, I can build relationships with children. Okay? So the, the first one, say, I can work with youth. Ooh, that was, ooh, I, I like that, though. You thought about it. You thought about it. Even though I gave you a preference, you still, like, that thing came out like, like pulling a good wisdom tooth. They're going to try that again, though. I'll say it, and then you say, I ain't stopping no more. <laughs> so either you're on the train or not, which is, and, and, but, let me, serious moment, and that's Okay. I want, I want your heart to be in it. The worst thing that can happen is for you, whether it's a chaperone or, or, or whether you're out shopping for supplies for you, whatever your part is, the worst thing to happen is that you do it grudgingly. God's not going to love you any less. I'm not going to love you any less. But I, I do want you to be honest with yourself. That's where it's going to start. If you, if you just dig your heels in and you say, just, that say, ain't my thing, you know what? Then it's just like, I just need to let you go on with that. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit works on you and lets you know that you, that you can. I'm here to tell you that you can. All right. Here we go. I can work with youth. I can work with youth. Okay, thank you. The next one. Youth can become more of my thing. Youth can become more of my mm. thing. Thank you. I can build relationship with youth. I can build relationship with youth. Thank you. And as you say that, just let it marinate. As you interact, sometimes you'll interact with your nieces and nephews or your children. And if you feel on the inside that you're starting to get that word bother, y'all bothering me, why y'all bothering me? Stop bothering me. Just, and I'm a parent. I get it. I'm not telling you I don't get it. There are some times when you walk in the door and you haven't even just disrobed out of your day and they be on you like piranha. <laughs> but before you let anything come out of your mouth, say they are gifts from God. And once you, once you say they are gifts from God, watch. Even if you have to ask them for a moment, you'll ask them differently. 
You won't say, leave me alone. You will say, you know what? Daddy just got home. Can you do something for me? Here's, here's another. Let me, let me give you a, 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 a pro-parent move here. Here, go put, go, go, put, go put daddy's phone on his dresser. Give him something to do. When they come home, daddy and mom, okay, I, you know what, daddy just come here. Here's my phone. Go put it on my desk for me. Hey, you right here. Can you go? You, you don't even need it. I got a pencil on my desk. Go get that pencil for me, okay? Are you, you know what? Can you go and set up the dinner table? That's your moment. Breathe. Don't shoo them away. Send them purposefully along their way. They're not a bother. They're a gift. A gift from God. And God only gives good gifts. In fact, the Message Bible says he gives the best gifts. Let's treat our children like they, the gifts that they are. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share the importance of your precious gift. There are, they are our seed. They are the ones who will carry on the mission, the, the commission. And we're sowing into them. We want them to be so close to you that your voice becomes so familiar to them at an early age that a voice of a stranger they will not follow. I also thank you for everybody here who is going to answer the call to help us establish in our youth what you would have us establish in them. We will teach, we will guide, we will lead. All stemming from relationship. They are precious life. And we will treat them as such. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I am so glad you made the decision to come along. If this podcast was a blessing to you, please share it with someone. Allow their life to be enriched as well. To learn more about the ministry, go to www.revealingtruth.org. There you will find information concerning all of our other social media connections. Until next time, remember this. The truth has the power to make your life better but it is the truth that you apply that actually gets the job done. So go out and apply the truth to your life today without delay. Chat with you soon.